podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's the secret to job satisfaction? It's working in a career that serves the greater good. That's what being a Marquette nurse is all about. So if you're ready to make a difference, our direct entry Master of Science in Nursing program in Milwaukee or Pleasant Prairie can prepare you to be the difference in less than 21 months. And you don't need nursing experience to apply, just a non-nursing bachelor's degree. Search Marquette Direct Entry MSN to get started. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. It's the start of the season and we can't wait. We've come in on a Saturday with that excited, but it's also a bit of a special occasion because we're joined by two of the guys from Day Trippers and delighted to be so. Gavin Stevo, I've got the plane over for the first game of the season, come missing. And it's nice to do something with Day Trippers and, and welcome to you both. And I mean, we'll just... We'll do a bit of on day trips to start off, Steve. Where uh, you guys, we, we've known you all each other for a while. Uh, you were part of the Bray Five Hundred, and um, <laughs> and you've got together. You're doing your own thing now, and I'm sure lots of people have heard of it. But for those who haven't, uh, tell us a little bit about about your pod, uh, why you started, and, and kind of where where it's developed over the years. Yeah, I suppose um, five years now is since the Bray Five Hundred, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think it, part of it actually came from that. You know, we'd, we'd met you lads a couple of times at that stage by the time the Bray show came around and you guys were doing your thing. And we, myself, Phil, Andy and, and uh, Steve Brown and Trev Downey, um, there was talk of, you know, we should do something ourselves from a, from an Irish perspective because there's such a big following yeah. in Ireland um, as a uh, as Liverpool fans. So, so yeah, it kicked off, as I say, five years ago now. Very small, very easy going. And it's gone from strength to strength in that time. We're actually... Just in the process, um, within the next week, ten days, about to uh, finalise our studio. Um, so we'll have a, we'll have our own custom made studio to record our our shows in and, and do a lot of video stuff from as well. And yeah, it's 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 gone from strength to strength. Gavin, know you do a bit of hosting uh, Sunday nights and stuff like that. Like, what do you try and kind of do different? Is it um, is there any kind of style you've got? Or is it just a kind of case of being yourselves, that natural Irish humour, and, and seeing where you take it? Um, trying to control the other three is probably the main <laughs> thing. Um, no, you have me. You have um, you've Grizz who's in London. You have Ian that's in Liverpool, and you have Matt who's a Liverpool native but is in Dubai. Um, air style on a Sunday night. It's probably it's it's a match review most of the time. Um, you know we're just playing Saturday Sunday, so it's it's most of the ninety percent of the time it's a match review. But at the same time, it's probably just us having a go at each other. For, <laughs> 60 to 70 minutes, we knock it off at the end and then say, okay, see you next Sunday. Um, but no, um, the Fatback 4 came around 12, 13 months ago, yeah. 12 months ago. Um, and we always said from the start, the four of us have this sort of thing where we say what we want, we want to each other, when we want, and we never really agree with each other. On football and... Uh, anything, Life. Yeah, we, we, we don't agree with anything we each other say. So it actually works out quite well. Um you know, when it comes when it comes down to the podcast, we get on well off off air, and um, not so much on air. But it, it, it seems to work. It's it's it, well, it's working so far. They haven't kicked us off yet, so that's, that's, that's a plus. <laughs> I mean, it, obviously, the season starts tomorrow, Steve-O, But um, 
the team were over in Ireland last week. Mm-hmm. I know you weren't able to, to get to the game because of uh, life. Yeah, um, I was away. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, I mean, it's easy. It's it's relatively easy for you guys to get over, isn't it? If you, in terms of overseas support, you guys are the closest. But does it does it is it still good that the fact that Liverpool come? Does it still mean something that Liverpool come to the the capital of Ireland and the fact that maybe people who who aren't able to get over for whatever reason, family things like that, are able to take the kids and, and see the kind of heroes in action? Yeah, ab- absolutely, and and there is that element to it. You know, we we can get over as adults who have supported the club for whatever length of time. If you want to make your way over, it's very easy. You can jump on a ferry, you can jump on a plane, whatever, and get here very quickly. Um, but there's a lot of kids. I, I tell you what, it's important for it's important for the next generation of Liverpool fans uh, coming down the road and, and to be honest with you most of the time in Ireland you're told you're a Liverpool fan as a child <laughs> you don't get a choice in it you're, you're just it, that's the way it runs you know your dad's a Liverpool fan your uncle's a Liverpool fan and you're told that's who you support when you're about five years of age but I think them coming over the Aviva's a lovely stadium yeah. I think them coming over and playing good games I think that's the key you know when I was a kid uh, they used to come over and play League of Ireland select teams and it would be really all the you know, really fringe players for Liverpool coming over and playing against a poor standard of of, of mixed team. Um, that's changed now because the League of Ireland has switched to a summer league. So they're in the midst of their league games. They don't have time to, to really play. Um, and similarly, Liverpool have actually put the Dublin game pretty much as their last game of pre-season. So the great thing for us is that most players are back and it's nearly yeah. seen as it's it's normally the week before kickoff which for us means that we get to see what's probably going to be the starting 11 for the first game of the season or close enough to it you get a feel for that so yeah no I, I think it is as well as lots of Irish fans coming over on a weekly basis I think it is a big plus that they come over once a year and and, and it's great I mean, and they play well, didn't they, Gav? You know, it was 5-0, and they've paired all summer, and we were all talking before saying, you know, we'll take any win on Sunday and things like that, but... I mean, you're trying to temper your optimism almost at the moment, but, I mean, they've looked good pre-season, haven't they, the Yeah, I think they've looked very good. Um, You know, we always hear about this thing where Klopp wants his signings in early, um, but I think he... He done all right, I think, from the start of the preseason. He had he had a, a good bunch of lads there that he could get going, and you know, probably the first, second July, I think it was, they were back. And um, the lads that have come back, like Manny and Manny and uh, Salah, come back, and they look like they've been training with him since the first or second of July. They've been, you know, Salah looks angry to me. He looks like he has a point to prove, and he's going to prove it. And if it means another forty-four goals, I'm all for that. You know, like I'm not going to stop him. Um, I'm just going back to Dublin a little bit. Um, the, the following in, in Ireland, you know, for Liverpool is phenomenal. It's, yeah. it's, you know, let's be honest, it's, it's Liverpool and Manchester United in Ireland, um, Celtic as well. But if you look at 51,000, I think, at the game last Sunday, if you go back three days previous, you had Chelsea and Arsenal. And I think it, was, it wasn't full, it wasn't close to full, you know. So that's the pull Liverpool have in, in Ireland and, and Dublin, all over the country. Um, but for pre-season, yeah, they have looked good. They've looked, they've looked hungry, they've looked... I think that the least impressive game was probably Torino. I'm being honest because it looked like they were probably at 70-80%, but Napoli they were. You know, well, pushing so far up the pitch, winning the ball so far up the pitch, and then they look devastating at times. They really, really do. I mean, I think the Torino game, they were probably holding a little bit back, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of... They'd be silly not to. Yeah, they'd be silly not to. I think Torino was all about, you know... Uh, well, giving something back to the to the local community and things yeah. like that, and you know all the Liverpool fans had seen the you know people giving out scarves and stuff. So oh, we want some of that. Not not on me. It's to be yeah. really. So I think that was a little bit of that. I mean, as you say, Steve, you know it's. 
you know, if you're if you're if you're Sadio Mane, you're you're uh, Mo Salah, you're thinking it's the real business on Sunday. I'm not pulling anything here. Yeah, absolutely. It was like me at the Astro today. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna come on to that, don't worry. And the Anfield maps are appalling record in these games. <laughs> it's it's yeah, zero for three now for the rap, unfortunately. I can't believe you pulled that excuse. I'm so angry. <laughs> you don't want to pull a muscle and miss no, the night. Have you missed the night then? I couldn't do my fucking dancer moves later on. Absolutely. So no, absolutely. If you want to see Stephen when I'm accumulated, he says it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll, we're gonna, yeah, we'll come on to the game and the reason you were late for it. Don't worry, mate. Don't worry, yeah. but, uh, Oh, we're definitely getting that. <laughs> I mean, what's? I mean, we've just been talking. We've been walking over there. And we've been talking about the squad, and I think what what's interesting now is that you know everyone was saying, "Oh, we attacking players short." There was the stuff with Fakir, and we've been just been talking about centre halves. And there's a story um, coming the last sort of hour or so, Gav, when we were recording this about the issue with Lovren and about the idea of he's come back and. You know, he's come back from holiday and then sort of said, you know what, actually, I've got a bit of a stomach complaint here. And, and at, at the moment, we don't know how serious the injury is. There's obviously rumours, but that's 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 social media for you. But what, I guess what I'm getting at, do you, th- do you think they should have got a centre-half in? Do you, do you think that's somewhere where we've maybe all ignored as supporters? And, and we're going into the season now, and we've got Van Dijk, who his injury record's been pretty good for us. But if you look before that, he has had his issues... We're looking like we're going to, have, going to have Joe Gomez next to him. Batip's injured again, and it's not a big shock. And I don't know. Would would you have gone and, and got someone, even if it wasn't a, even if it wasn't a you know a worldy like Van Dyke, but just someone who you know is going to be fit every week, who's going to be there because Clavin's out as well. Um, personally, I would have. Yeah, I think. Um, I, I, I have a bias against Matip. I just I've never fancied him since he played with Liverpool. <laughs> um, he's made of crisps. Um, and he's injured again. Um, Clavin, I think, has been injured as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's been not missing. available for this yeah, one. Yeah. Um, Gomez, his, his injury record wouldn't be top-notch. Van Dijk, as you said, has been brilliant for us since he came in, but he did have a long-term, a longish enough term injury yeah. with, with Southampton. I would have signed another centre-half. The worst centre-half to get an injury a day before the season starts is Dejan Lovren because... The, the narrative around him is just phenomenal. It really is. You know, like, if you had if you had Clavin there saying, I've a bit of a stomach issue, I won't make it this week, it would be glossed over. Dejan Lovren does this and does a complete meltdown. Um, I like Dejan Lovren, you know, post probably September last season. Um, but <laughs> post him, sports. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah but that's the truth. Yeah. I, I said it the other night on one of our podcasts. If you look at the sample from, from their... Up to the up to December and carrying on when when Van Dijk comes in in January, I think he's been excellent. I think he did an excellent Champions League final. I would have made a mere man of the match in the Champions League final. I think he's had an excellent World Cup. Um, he, you know, when you look at him against say England in the World Cup, he had a bit of a hard time first twenty five minutes. He adapted and he was brilliant. Um, but I think yeah, for me it would have been another centre half in because this can happen to Matip, it can happen to Lovren, and it can happen to Gomez and three centre halves that you might have to switch around every so often f- to play with Van Dijk and hoping Van Dijk is fit all the time is a little bit of a risk for me. A it's, a, it's a reliability issue, isn't it, Stephen? And, and you can talk about, we can debate you know, the qualities and you know there's, there's people who don't fancy Matip and there's people who, who still don't fancy Love and whatever <laughs> and, and Gomez is a bit untested. But I mean... and. But it's just it's it's a case of well you know lads on the pitch as much as anything. Yeah, it is, and and for me last season we left ourselves very exposed up front with the top three being absolutely exceptional and such a drop in quality to what was behind that. 
And I don't think it's necessarily the same drop in quality, but I think it's the drop in reliability. Yeah. What you find yourself in a situation is, what I would like, to be fair to Clavin, he doesn't tend to be out as often. He doesn't tend to be injured as often. So it's unusual that he would be unavailable this weekend. But I really would have preferred had we gone and signed. I wanted us to sign what ultimately was a Dejan Lovren challenger because I don't see Matip as the challenger for him. I don't see Clavin and I don't see Gomez. I don't see any three of them. Joe Gomez has not played enough games at centre half to yeah. for anybody to be saying he's a reliable option there. We haven't seen enough of him at the top level to say whether he can actually do it or not. For what we want to do. Yeah, so absolutely. We, like, we have to look at ourselves as title challengers yeah. and Champions League challengers. That's you know, that's where we're at now and that's where we should be at. Is Joe Gomez capable of that? Is Ragnar Klavan capable of that? No, he's not. Do we do we have somebody who's capable of pushing Lovren out of that team? And it's not that I want Lovren out of the team. But what I want is I want somebody who's capable of challenging that. And we don't have it. I think if we'd have been comfortable going into the last six, seven games of last season, you know, top four wise and we're going the Champions League run, I think if we were comfortable in there, we could have said Gomez goes in there beside Van Dijk and plays six or seven games and you'd be a lot more comfortable going into tomorrow, for argument's sake. Yeah. And you'd be a lot more comfortable if, if, if an injury comes out about Lovren. But you're literally dropping Joe Gomez into centre-half tomorrow you and might, you might not played, even be. No, you might. Yeah, but he's because probably he's, played. He's, struggling as well. he's probably played a half dozen games at centre half for Liverpool. Yeah. And two of them I remember was Plymouth at home and Plymouth away. And he wasn't good neither of them. No. And that's the, the you know. The, did he play I, Leicester? Did he play against Leicester last no, he season played, as well? He, I always the, remember the Plymouth thing. He played, at, you know, in fairness, he played centre half at Lucas at home. <laughs> and he, he, he was, was centre half. So I think it's just Liverpool fans are like this because when you don't see. You know, a 10, 12, 15 game thing where they get comfortable with it and they're settled in it, and then they say, He'll be all right. Like it was years and years ago, you yeah. know. But now it's instant. Uh, now yeah, it's a constant instant. kind of turnover to centre half, and a constant turnover to centre half usually leads to trouble. It yeah. usually does. Could we see Phillips tomorrow? Do you I think, mean, John? It, there's a possibility, isn't there? Because I was just thinking about Nat Phillips, and he's sort of come from nowhere, really, mm. you know. And I think he surprised the manager in that. You know, quite often those first couple of preseason games, you'll see a few faces and you think, oh, they'll drift away. But he's done so well that he, and nothing seems to phase him. And that's what I like about him. You know, I mean, look, it's not ideal to be throwing a young lad into a situation mm-hmm. like this. But you know, every every game, every preseason game, he seems to have grown in terms of, you know, his ability is is defending, but also on the ball, he looks really calm. And you know, tomorrow's another challenge. But he plays almost full game, doesn't he? Midweek, yeah. you know, at, at Anfield. He's the last. He's the last player to was it, taken off. Yeah, yeah, was it was it him that Bellotti lost for the goal? And I loved his reaction. Yeah. So I'm not knocking him. <laughs> I loved his reaction. He just he was murdering himself. Yeah. He was just like, oh, how did you let him get away from you there? You know, and, yeah. and that's what you want to see from a young centre half, a, a lad who doesn't just walk away from a, a mistake and think, nah, whatever. He is analysing that in his head and he, he knows what he's done wrong and what he needs to fix and, and I think that's what he's done throughout pre-season he's, there's been little parts in his game where he's made little mistakes but you haven't seen them two games in a row and that shows a, a young guy who's, who's clued in and I'm not saying he's ready to step in but if, if Klopp thinks he is tomorrow and he's the man for the job I wouldn't have any qualms with it If you actually took pre-season as a whole <laughs> and just started pre-season and got to today you would pick Nat Phillips as your centre half. If you were looking at it, you would. Without knowing he was an 18 year old kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely would. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, moving on to the midfield, then he's got a kind of a, a couple of headaches there as well. Uh, Fabino is, is struggling a little bit for, with with an injury. Um, James Milner obviously needed fifteen stitches in Dublin, yeah. which is you know he won't be the first fella. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say there was a few others came out of Dublin needing fifteen stitches as well. But yeah. um, fifteen stitches frowned upon <laughs> in, in, in Dublin A and E's. You won't even see it. Yeah, yeah, go home. Soda, put a bit of ice on it. You'll yeah, be, be fine. I mean, it's a it's a big shout to Phil Henderson, isn't it? From, from nowhere, I would say. And so, I, d- I don't know if you guys had any, th- any thoughts without without knowing too much about these injuries, but any thoughts about, about what you guys would do? Cater's bound to start, isn't he? Yeah. When Adam's really impressed in, yeah, he's been excellent. But he, so, he he's he's looked the man to play nearly the more advanced yeah. role in, in that three. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see Henderson start just, throw him in. just because you look at what Tottenham are doing now they're yeah, just, just throwing they've gone out and thrown in their players and Klopp, and Klopp has also said he's full of power coming yeah, back listen, he knows, you know, that, that quote is not, is not lost on people in his mind he's looking at it and saying okay can Henderson get, a, get us out of a hole tomorrow maybe next week and then I can give him a couple of games rest to let Fabinho in and whatever is needed from there so it wouldn't surprise me We'll have to wait and see what way it pans out, but uh, but I think he's I think he's capable of coming in and, and filling that void. I don't know what you think of. Um, I think Kate starts. I think when Alden starts, I think the only I think the only show is it's it's probably Fabino or Milner. Um, but then again, Henderson with the quotes he's given Jordan the week Klopp, and I always say this: I don't believe a word out of his mouth. And I like, <laughs> not, really I, that, I genuinely don't, and, yeah. and I'm all right with that. Yeah, because yeah. I, you don't need to, to know. No, I've gone through years of watching like Ferguson at United telling you things on a Friday, and it just didn't happen on a Saturday. Yeah, and you know, teams found it hard enough going to the likes of Old Trafford at the time, and then when they think they've got a bit of information and it turns the other way, it makes it even harder for them. So I have no problem with us telling nothing to nobody, yeah. but saying a few words at the same time. Um, when Aldo, I think, starts, I think that game during the week three, you know, he looked like the one in midfield that was really, really going for it and trying to stake a claim. Um, Kate starts, he's gonna, he's gonna destroy the Premier League if he gets rolling. I really believe that. Yeah. Um, Fabino looks to me like a player that they're trying to play into fitness. Um, so it might, it might, it might go one way or the other. Henderson is a show, and Milner's a show, and it's great yeah. to have these Absolutely. three. That you might, you might do. My only issue with midfield at the moment is. Um, is is this system? Because I always found the Liverpool three when they were a system, they they were kind of a narrow three. They they worked hard, they closed balls down, but they funneled everything out wide, and we'll deal from out, out mm. wide. Torino the other night, although with the caveat of they were probably at seventy eighty percent, like yeah. you know six or seven of them, they seemed a little bit open, they seemed a bit little bit far away from each other. I'd like to see a Liverpool three go in there tomorrow, be compact, be aggressive win the ball and then, you know, set these lads away and I include both fullbacks in that. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not too concerned to be honest with you about the three that play tomorrow. I mean okay. the thing I mean we're talking about tomorrow and with West Ham, Steve, we just don't know what to expect at all. They've made so many signings over the summer. New manager. New manager. You yeah. kind of don't know who you can pick. <laughs> They've got a decent record at Anfield as well. So it's a little bit of a banana skin, isn't it? I would say it Look, it's a tough one to prepare for. We talked, we were talking about managers before, and you know, ch- just chatting about footy generally, and managers who will prepare the, you know, mm. you for the opposition and, yeah. and guys who will really go like you know in depth. I mean, we can't do a huge amount of that for the, for the weekend, can we? No, it's it's tough to do it because in one sense you're looking at how does Pellegrini set up a team, and you can look back at that and, and get a general feel for his philosophy. It's more difficult because West Ham have signed so many players. Um, and I tell you what, there's a young Irish player, Declan Rice, 
um, playing for West Ham, and I, and I do hope he plays tomorrow because I'd like to I'd like to see a bit more of him. Um, but I think he could be somebody who this season actually comes on as a real player if he gets the opportunity under Pellegrini. But they've done some good business, you know. I'm a few of our lads were talking about uh, possibly Jack Wilshere coming to us during the summer, and I I didn't want him, uh, um, you know. But to me, he's he's the perfect player for West Ham or somebody of that ilk. Um, Yet again, Perez has gone from Arsenal. Another player who was quite good in La Liga didn't hit it off. Has a point to prove. So you've you've got a lot of people come there. It's it's nearly like an old Sam Allardyce Bolton team where they <laughs> where a lot of players came with a point to prove. Um, but I think that yeah, I think I, I think they'll give us a tough test tomorrow. But I think we're lucky that our our front two of three, let's say, um, have looked so sharp preseason, yeah. and I think we'll. I think we're sorry. I'm probably stealing the thunder now to jump into our forwards. So right, well, let's go. Yeah. Let's, let's so go let's, in let's seamlessly. In, let's, let's do that segue. <laughs> that seamless segue uh, into forwards. I think we we will see Daniel Sturridge start tomorrow. You do? I do. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it would be very unfair, given that he's had a very good preseason. And what more do you want from the guy? He scored goals. He's got into good, uh, you know, good, in, into good positions. He's been very good in his all round play. And Firmino hasn't been there long enough. So to me, if you start Firmino tomorrow, you ultimately say to him, you know, there's there's no real chance of you breaking this this front three monopoly, if you want to call it that. And I don't think that's the right message to send out to a player like Daniel Sturridge for the season ahead. I think, you know, I think he's worked really hard and he deserves a start. And I think we might see Firmino off the bench. You might see a Firmino for Sturridge swap at 60. I mean, the other option, of course, is Shaqiri and, and pushing Salah into a more advanced position. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you, you, you know, he's had a good preseason as well. Yeah. I don't know if any of you would be tempted by that or, or would you not really mess around with what you do with Mo? I mean, he knows what he's doing. Uh, um, <laughs> I think yeah. He, yeah, leave the man where he scored yeah. 44 goals last season. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just let him pick the team. Yeah. <laughs> no, whoever wants to play. Mo, who would you like to play with? Not, who, who are the other 10 you'd if like If he wants not Phillips passing to him, I'm fucking all right. Sorry for cursing. Um, but... Just going back, I disagree with Steve. I think Firmino starts. I don't think you give him 45 against Napoli and 45 against Trino to put him on the bench. But I would say, I know what, I know what you're getting at with regards to the wrong message to send out. But to me, I'd be telling Daniel Sturridge, listen, I'm going to put these three out. We're going to absolutely blitz these. And I'm going to give you free reign for 30 minutes at the end of the game. And you fill your boots. And I think, I think listen, Daniel Sturridge, the talk is that he's come back with a different attitude. And he's around players. And he's, he's, he's struck up this relationship with Kate and Shaqiri. And I'm all for that. Because at the end of the day, that, that lad has a year left in his contract. And I think he's probably come back and thought, no, I have to get in on this team. And yeah. this team looks outrageous. Um, for me, I think Daniel Sturridge would bite on the carrot of 30 minutes free reign against a third in West Ham. Yeah. And we're going to throw Yamei Shakiri in with you. You know, on 70. Um, I think he goes with the front three. And I think he actually, I think he actually that, goes That's only 20 minutes. What? Stop his term. No, no, no. There must be a lot of injuries. No, no, no. What I said You're was... You're putting Shaqiri in on yes, 70. on 70, yeah. I was just I'm sagging it. Yeah, don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the, I, I think... I think Daniel Sturridge is a boy on that carrot and I think Liverpool's best I think their best attitude tomorrow is to go out and just blitz this yeah. and put it to bed on 45 and say we're training up here at Anfield now and if you want to come and have a go against us fine we pick you off we leave them lads up there for another 15 and we pick you off and then yeah. we send Sturridge and Shaqiri on and that's where the, the big squad depth thing, things come from it, but that's that's the difference between this and last season you know you're sending on Danny Ings and Dom Solanke and no disrespect to them but they weren't exactly putting shivers down the spines of any no. centre halves in, in the premiership no. this year where you're able to pull Shaqiri where you're able to pull Sturridge 
and by January you're able to pull Nabil Fekker off the bench. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that'll be a, I think that'll be a big plus for us. This <laughs> Um, yeah, we didn't talk about the goalkeeper either. Go on. Well, you know, it's a massive, massive, you know, it's a statement of intent as much as anything else. And, and there's no guarantee he's going to be a success. You can pay five million. You can pay 50 million. You know, price tags are just about supply and demand. Um, it's really down to what the, the, the player can actually do for us. I think we've signed somebody who's so confident in his own ability um, that it will be a massive plus for us. I think he really believes he is at this level and deserves to be at this level. And I don't think we got that when we signed Carius. I don't think we got that when we signed Mignolet. I think Reina came with that came with that mentality. He was part of the Spanish squad and he, he believed that he was ready for that next step up. He'd moved down from Barcelona and come up to this level. I think we get the same with Alisson. We get a player who actually believes that he has moved to the level that he needs to be at. And he's, you know, he's played against us last season. Yeah. He's been hopped off by us last season, albeit a, t- a tight a tight goal score. You know, the, the final score was tight on aggregate. We stuck a lot of goals past that man. And he knows the quality of player that he's coming to play with. He must be licking his lips. And it's great for us. It is fantastic for us. Uh, I just want to finish on a couple of things. First of all, we just had a lovely walk through the city. We had a bathe in sand and then walked down to our studio, Man Island. And you guys were talking about the changes you've seen in Liverpool as a city mm. since you've started coming. And obviously, you know, for, for you guys, it's... It's close to 20 years, I think, since you first started coming over and supporting the Reds. You've come a lot. And, you know, Liverpool's changed a lot as, as, a, as a place and a city. And, like, what, I mean, 99% of it for the better. Yeah. Sorry, Gab, I'll give you a shout. I've been piping um, away. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's, yeah, it's just over 20 years since I started coming to Liverpool. You know, I'm not that old. I want to point that out. Um, <laughs> but, no, the difference is, and it's not just, uh, you know, going from, you know, twenty years ago to now, it's it's the difference every time. You know, and like even walking across there towards Albert Dock, and I remember it was literally a dreary place with the pump house, and now it's thriving there. You know, there's there's tourists. There's, it's it, to be honest with you, it's for me, it's a phenomenal city to be in. Mm. Genuinely, I'm not just saying that just because I can, um, or I have to. It's for me. It's even walking around this morning. We arrived in Liverpool this morning at eight o'clock. We were in the city centre by half past eight. Um. You know, uh, the lads couldn't find a drink at half past eight, so we went walking, <laughs> uh, because that's what we do. But um, no, even walking around, Liverpool won, you know, and, and it's just every corner you turn, you know, just the architecture, the, the everything about it. There's a buzz around the place from very early on in the day. It's it's a phenomenal city. It's it's built itself into an absolutely phenomenal city, the genuine. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I, I have to lay down a, a prerequisite here because we have a few Liverpool, we have a few scousers in our WhatsApp group, and I love nothing more than absolutely ripping them about the state of Liverpool. Like I just <laughs> yeah. love digging them for it. But that's just to get a wind up out of them. Um, when you come down around these areas, you look as Gav said, Liverpool won the docks, um, all that. It, it, it's what Liverpool deserved. And I used to come over here, and I suppose when I started coming over here, Dublin especially, and and Ireland in general was at the peak of its, or was that definitely in the, be- the beginnings of its, of its economic um, uh, incline. And, and over sort of 15, 20 years, Dublin had a lot done to it. And you were coming over to Liverpool going, why is this not happening here? But since the capital of culture has come in or around that time, a lot of focus was put on it. And, you, you, you know, it, it is a city that deserves this. You know, there's a, there's a lot of great 
places in Liverpool and I think Matthew Street and Concert Square has a lot to answer for it's, <laughs> it's like it's like it's like those two strips up in uh, up in San Antonio in Ibiza <laughs> that gets Ibiza rode off by 90% of people you know um, they have their purpose but there's so much more to the city than that and, and it's great and I have to give you guys compliments you know this is our first time in the studio and from five years ago with the Bray 500 <laughs> when, when, when you lads were, were, were it digging sounds her, like you put, you put yourselves in the stock market <laughs> it's down 40 Two points today, yeah, yeah. Um, but you no, it, it, you, you lads have come on leaps and bounds, and, and it, it's a credit to you. You know, you're, you're there with full time staff now, and it's not just us blowing smoke at you now. It's 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 genuinely a credit to to all of you involved that you've come to where you are now, and and you see the setup that you have. It's it's in, it's incredible, and you know what? It's great content as well. You you lads do a great job, and and uh, that's just me being honest. And and from all the boys at the at the day trippers, we've always been able to have a good laugh and and, yeah. and a good relationship. But it's a, it's a genuine well done from all of us yeah I, I think like I'm not going to say it for that long but, um, <laughs> but the thing I was we were in the Johnny Milburn offered us a list, lift um, he's a lovely car hasn't he yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice car, yeah, hasn't? yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, it says welcome John and everything when he gets in <laughs> But, um, Hi John. Yeah, I was like, um, is he talking to me, John? Like, but but um, we we are talking to Johnny on the way down. Um, like like a soil mirror, ever everything Steve O says with regards to content and and what's gone on since two thousand and eleven. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing for me was, you know, I've I've watched, I've listened to this grow. I suppose um, from one radio show a week to to what you're doing now. And I said it to Johnny on the way on the way down the car that the US tour is a real um, real oil opener for anyone that's watching the Anfield rap because you'll watch a lot of media companies that are over there and, and outlets and, and it's quite straight lace and it's quite straight lace interviews and, and then you've John rocking into a tunnel going, uh, you wanna sing a song? You know, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but like it's 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 a great balance of, of professionalism. But at the same time, it's 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 a it's a different way of getting your information. If you yeah. if, if that's coming, it across, keeps a right. fun element. Yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. It, it 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 comes across as you know, it's not for lads anymore. It's it's more than that now. But it comes across as that. But at the same time, it it's there's still a massive you know professionalism level to it. So all credit to you, especially on the US tour, because. Um, I watch videos all day, and I just thought they were hilarious, you know. And and Garrett Roberts is really one of the most attractive men I've ever seen, and, 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 he, and he must have been drinking a hell of a lot because he looked like he was aging day on day. And I, you know, it gave hope for us all. I think. You know? I think it's funny you, you talk about the, the kind of different approach in the mix zone, and I don't want to talk about ourselves too much because it's a bit self indulgent. But the players enjoy it, and yeah. I think that's what you kind of get is that you know they go through a mix zone thing and they're thinking, oh, this, this this journalist is going to ask me about it. he's going to be looking Same for stuff, the line all the time. And if you've got me after. One or yeah. two beers, maybe a few yeah. more. One just wanted to have a laugh with yeah. them. Like, I think it's a nice relief for them, and I think it does show that. Like, sometimes we can say, "Oh, oh, footballers are oh, they never say anything interesting." And well, maybe we never ask them anything interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep on yeah, asking the same boring, mundane questions. There's a certain staple of questions that they're going to be given. Yeah, you know, and and like you watch, you know, I, I don't know what's gone on in the Newcastle Sports game, but let's be honest, if, if Tottenham have won that game. Yeah. They've gone in. Harry Kane is probably going to be pulled into an interview and he's probably going to be asked, how is the World Cup? You're back sooner than expected. You know, it's 40 Yeah, you can lay out five questions he's got, he's that are guaranteed. He's going to go on and on and on yeah. and do this. Where, you know, not just you, but, you know, other people come in and they ask, you know, have you listened to this or have you seen this or what about this? Yeah. And it's something different and it gets their mind going and yeah. it actually makes, not makes them interact, but, Gives it, them an interest. It switches them off auto mode. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and that's it, what players and managers are. That's hundred percent what it is. Yeah. Okay, but nice enough about the Anfield rap. So we'll talk about <laughs> our football performances. Uh, as we said at the top, it's zero from three now. Mm. Uh, the Irish boy, you just keep schooling us, mate. Uh, 
Listen, it's it's in our blood. <laughs> it's, um, it's all about passing milk. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we're gonna watch the video back. I think it was, uh, you know, we've as I say that when we first went over, it was a, it was you know Bray was our very first live show. We had a game of football that day, uh, largely just to keep everyone out the out the pub. But then uh, I yeah. think it was the, the that's, second that's, all, that's what yeah. Was today, yeah, and the second Dublin trip as well. We we we, we had a game there. That was the Lafayette one. Yeah, that yeah. was the one. Yeah, yeah. and then today um, we've we've done it. We've brought them back onto our our turf, hoping that. They mean a change of fortune, but it hasn't. Uh, we were still, we're still roundly being. It was myself, Craig Han, and uh, Johnny Milburn, Josh, and Ben John who played. And I mean, I don't know if, uh, if you want to do a bit of a post-match analysis, boys, and say, did, I mean, did any of us cover ourselves in glory? No, absolutely. Not. <laughs> no, no, and listen, if any, any of them ten people on that page want to try cover themselves, I'm sorry, I'm not happy. It was offer from all ten. Let's be honest. I will say one thing, right? There was um there was a ham party on the pitch beside us and yeah. they were they were distracting <laughs> to say the least. Um, Steve O turned up uh, fifteen minutes late because he was getting his hair cut and barber barber. To be fair, um, to, uh, shout out to the lads and barber barber doing a great job. Like <laughs> honestly, oh, we'll this, this dude is unreal. I'll send I'll send selfies on Twitter later on. I mean, yeah. and, uh, it, and it does look terrific, but I'd say like he plays with a man with a haircut as well. He does, yeah. he? Like he just, was, there wasn't a huge amount of tracking back. No, 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 like he, he came back at one stage and literally got in the way of our goalkeeper. <laughs> so, so what we done was we sent him up the pitch. And went, listen, if you come back past the halfway line, this, the, we will do damage to you. I'm just there for, um, the, for the poster. I just, no, like, like, if you sell shirts. In fairness, though. I think there was three or four goals in it. It was very, very warm. Yeah, I would say that the, uh, the Anfield rap wouldn't share that water. No, it's awful, <laughs> awful, awful. Josh, Josh Sexton, it was the only Josh. one drinking last night. Um, he um, he was scoring the water in the car. He's only about eighteen. He should be able to play for about four hours. Without I felt water. bad giving him, shouldering him and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say he's gone home with bruises and stuff. But no, really good game of ball. And like you said, broke up the day. But I won't break it up too much because when I leave here, I'm going straight for the shower and then. Uh, Back on. John, John Gibbons is bringing me out the drink. Yeah, that's absolutely. exactly what we're going to do yeah. now. Uh, yeah. Thanks to each of us for coming in and joining us today, and 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 you know, generally kind of supporting us from the from you know, whenever we we've asked for it, we do appreciate it. So do check out the work they do. It's a lot of fun. It's it's football talked about in the right way and enjoyed in the right way, and we enjoy what they do as well. So yeah, get on the day trip as boys. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go have a shower and get on the ale. So, absolutely. Uh, Not to get it <laughs> you have communal showers in here, don't you? I brought one big bar myself for the three of us. <laughs> I'm just going to press stop. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov slash EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.